going to get into a conversation now about something that's really, I think, important to cover because it's been getting a lot more attention in the last few years. The group that identify themselves as incels, involuntary celibates. And so law enforcement groups in both Canada and the States have identified these people in cells as a growing terror threat and there have been terrorism attacks that have been fueled by uh, by incels gathering together online and putting these plans in action that could that can be fatal in certain situations and can be labeled as terror offenses there is definitely a sexism component to incels and to this community but can anything be done about it our guest argues the answer to that question is yes so let's get his perspective He's Assistant Professor of Sociology at Dalhousie University, Dr. Michael Halpin. Dr. Halpin, thanks so much for making the time to talk about this. Uh, No problem. Great talking to you. Let's define from your perspective, because I think you can probably serve this a little bit better than I can as someone who has studied this. What exactly is an incel? And can you speak to the communities that exist online of incels? Yeah, so an incel, exactly as you said, is short for involuntarily celibate. And these are predominantly now, uh, it was a community was started by a woman, but pre- predominantly now it's a community of men, uh, heterosexual men, uh, who define themselves by their inability to get in relationships and have heterosexual sex. The main community uh, for incels is a large English language discussion board, and there's 20,000 uh, really uh, regular members of that community, and then the site receives upwards of a million, two million unique visitors per month. So you took a deep dive into looking into what some of these conversations and discussions look like. And I imagine that there's a lot of language that we have to be careful to not say on radio. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah. But, but we can carefully dance around it, Dr. Halpin. So just talk yeah. about some of the things that you've, that you've seen discussed, how common certain things are and how shocking it was. Yeah, um, well, it's definitely very shocking. Uh, One of the things everybody on the research team, uh, you know, I think everybody has encountered uh, misogyny, sexism before in our lives. Uh, The thing that was shocking is just how committed and how vitriolic these groups of men are. So there's there's many men who are sexist, and these these men certainly take it to a new, another level. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, we found in our studies, so we did a big data analysis of uh, more than three million comments. We found that they use sexist terms for women more than they use non-sexist terms for women. So they're using misogynistic slurs more than they use the word like woman or lady. So when they talk about women, it's almost always in a derogatory. Uh, fashion, almost explicitly a slur. Uh, Some users only talk about women using slurs. And then they have many, uh, you know, I can go into as much depth or as little (laughs) as you want, depending on censorship issues. Um, They have many, many slurs that are unique to the community. So they, for instance, they call almost all women are referred to as foids, uh, which is a way of dehumanizing women and making them sound like they're they're robotic uh, androids, uh, unfeeling, uncaring, because they won't engage in relationships with these men. You know, it's interesting to me because we we've heard of certain attacks that have been um, that have been instigated by incels and certainly supported by this online community, and yet you yeah. have other voices that lend themselves to the conversations. Even you mentioned it in your article, Jordan Peterson, and I, we don't need to go down the rabbit hole of whether or not people like him or mm-hmm. don't because he's controversial and paralyzing, <laughs> polarizing in and of yeah. himself. But 
you know, it's it's interesting when you have a figure like that who lends support for this group. So, is it is it widespread hate that you're seeing in this community? Can you paint everyone with the same brush? Is everyone on there vitriolic and angry and mean, or do some of these people? And it's hard for me to even say this, but does some of them deserve sympathy? Yeah, I mean, I think the sympathy question and the misogyny question are kind of separate questions, uh, depending depending on how you think about things. It is really wide-ranging. So it, it's like ubiquitous on the website, super common. You load up a thread. You Like right now, you go there right now, you'll see things that are extremely offensive to women. We looked at user post histories. 80% of them had said at least one misogynistic slur. The people who make frequent posts, like over 20 Almost all of them have used at least one misogynistic slur. So the community wow. is really fully engaged in it. Um, they certainly uh, get support from people like Jordan Peterson and Andrew Tate. Uh, they see those people as, as advancing their cause. They also, ironically, are also very critical of both those people. I uh, think that they take advantage of men. And, yeah, so, yeah, I guess I'd say that. Uh, so, so then it just sort of becomes this, and I haven't looked at it myself, and I don't want to, so I'll take your word for it. But yeah. it just becomes this sure. this echo chamber then of hate, and that can be, I think, really dangerous if something isn't done about it. What can be done about it? Can something be pursued to try to address this online misogyny and how dangerous that can become? Yeah, I mean, you're definitely right. It is an echo chamber of hate. Um, men who disagree uh, say positive things either about themselves, other men, and about women. They get kicked out of these communities. They get banned from them. Wow. In terms of what we can, yeah, in terms of what we can do, um, one of the things that I think usually gets forwarded as as a solution is you know deplatforming the website kicking it off the internet. Um, based on our research, we don't think that that's going to be uh, particularly effective, mostly because uh, they are already prepared to move to, to other locations. And instead, what we suggest is that uh, we can continue to fund organizations that support positive versions of masculinity, can make people aware of the, the signs that someone's joining the incel community. The use of the word void, for instance, is, is a real big tell that someone's in that community. And we suggest one of the things that we can do is adapt the uh, online misinformation tools that we have already, things like Google Fact Check, to counter the misogynistic claims that are made by incels and other groups of men about women. It feels like... Um a really, really big problem to try to address. <laughs> I appreciate the optimism. This seems yeah. like something that would be a major uphill battle. Do you feel strongly that this can be something that can be addressed properly? Yeah, I do. And the reason that I feel like it can be addressed is that there's been um, success with other de-radicalization campaigns. Huh. So there's a number of de-radicalization campaigns that have happened in Germany. Um, they've not just Nazi-related, but they've had a very contentious political history since World War II. They've been very effective. There's um, instances of people uh, leaving organizations like the Ku Klux Klan. Uh, one man in particular has convinced hundreds of people to leave, leave the Ku Klux Klan. So as committed as uh, incels and other men are to misogyny and violence against women, I think we can absolutely do things to, to change their mind. And I think even though they're very, very fatalistic about themselves and their romantic life, I think that we don't need to be fatalistic about 
thinking that we can do something about this problem. Hmm. Because otherwise, Dr. Halpin, I mean, what what does this lead to? Like, can you just can you speak to the stakes here? Because we talked a little bit about how this can lead to terror attacks and hate attacks against women and, and even against people that aren't that aren't women. Yeah, I mean, the, as, as you mentioned a couple times, uh, the incel community is absolutely connected to violence. So there's the Toronto van attack. Uh, there's the uh, massage parlor attack in Toronto uh, just a couple of years ago. Uh, many cases in the United States, cases in uh, the United Kingdom. And those. And in addition to those, there's cases that have been foiled by authorities before something's happened. So the stakes are really high because... Uh, it, it might be a small minority, but there is a group of, of that community that do translate to real world, world violence. In addition to that group, the, the people who might not end up committing assaults or murders, many of them are stalking, harassing, uh, doxing women. So there, there's uh, uh, a lot of harassment and a lot of assault related to the community. And we absolutely do need to do something about it. Yeah. Well, Dr. Halpin, thank you so much for your work on this and for explaining it on the show this afternoon. Yeah, no problem. Thank you very much for having me. Of course. Take care. That's Dr. Michael Halpin, Assistant Professor of Sociology at Dalhousie University, talking about the incel community, uh, its sexist and misogynistic problem and what we can do to address it.